Keep the text coming in. By the way, uh, the the passionate bowling crowd is uh, uh, correcting Kyle. Uh, <laughs> get your lanes right, man, right? Yeah. I said it was on 26, 27. 27 was broken. The maintenance guy was on uh, 26. We were bowling on lanes 27 and 28. The right lane is always an even number. Don't get the numbers wrong, Kyle. Uh, Y'all are asking for bowling content, and then the uh, and I'm going to give it to you. The audience wants, wants more on Cooter. <laughs> That's right. That Got to learn more about uh, Cooter. Wow. All right. Every Tuesday, the bowling report uh, with Kyle. Um, I I said this to to, to Mike and I was just teasing before. Um, there's two things about the Magic I want to talk about. Uh, one, their game last night against uh, the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, the Magic put up 77 first-half points. They lead 77-61 at the break. Now, the NBA, 16-point halftime lead, it's not a guaranteed win, but the Magic um, have a nice lead. Midway, midway third quarter, or, or just above midway third quarter, uh, seven fifteen to go. The Magic lead by fourteen. It's eighty one sixty seven. Dallas goes on a twenty to five run to take the lead at eighty seven eighty six, and now it's game on. And uh, Lucas having a great night. And look, <laughs> whether whether we're watching the greatest offensive era of the NBA or. And or the worst defensive era of the NBA, sometimes you get nights where both teams are just shooting it well. The Magic last night shot 51%, and they hit 47% of the threes. I mean, 18 of 38. The Magic on some days, if you gave them 38 threes in the gym, but no one defending one hit 18 shots. Um, but they hit 47% of their threes last night. Dallas shot 62%. Hit forty eight percent of their threes. Now, they took fifteen more free throws. The Magic at forty three free throws. Luca was eighteen of twenty one. Uh, had forty five points, nine rebounds, fifteen assists, and yes, in the second half, any time he got the ball, he was either making a shot or they were blowing a, a whistle for a foul. Um, the Magic played hard last night. I mean, Paolo goes for 36, nine rebounds, seven assists, hit four of eight threes. Um, he was great. He 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 was the star that you want him uh, to be. Franz Wagner goes for 21 uh, last night. Um, Anthony Black gave the Magic 20 points, seven of nine shooting at all four of his threes, which is a really good sign to see a good offensive game out of him. Uh, it becomes a uh, Back and forth game of the fourth quarter. Dallas looks like they're going to put it away up by six and get the Magic have a shot at the end. And they lose 131-129. The game itself, and quickly 10 o'clock hour, WYJM Orlando, WJRR, HD2, Cocoa Beach, Orlando Sports Leader, Mark Daniels, Abita Sports. The game itself uh, gave effort. Yes, blew a 16-point halftime lead, uh, battled the back-to-back, you're on the road, they lost. Be disappointed as a fan, you can find the positives, but okay, they lost. The Magic now slipped to um, a game above 500. The concern is 
where you now sit and the bowls are closing a bit. And remember, the play-in of 7-10 and 8-9 and what you got to do if you're 9-10, um, it gets a little bit more interesting now. The Magic are two games up in Chicago. The four and a half uh, games up on uh, Brooklyn, who sits 10. The Hawks, I think, are not... Uh, I think the Hawks are traitors not to get better, but to move some people. Um, and, and I'm not quite sure it's right. But now you start to take a look at games, and there is a difference. One, you're trying to stay out of the play-in. That's getting harder. Uh, and then you'd like to be at home. Uh, so it gets a little bit more challenging. Last night, Jonathan Isaac started... Uh, for the Magic. Something that hadn't happened in a long time. And Markel Fultz didn't play last night for the Magic. And the reasoning was knee maintenance. Okay. Um, Jonathan Isaac played eight first half minutes last night. As Jason Beatty, who covers the Magic for the Sentinel, uh, put out a tweet quoting a reporter asking Jamal Mosley a question, and I- I'm reading from uh, the tweet that Jason put out. You started Jonathan Isaac, who played eight minutes. First off, the decision to start him, and then he only played eight minutes. Was that precautionary? Uh, Mosley's answer, yes. Just making sure. We always talk about, as he gets in uh, game, how he feels throughout the game. And just making sure that we communicate that we're thinking of the long game more than this moment right now. Reporter question. Limited sample size, obviously, with eight minutes that he played, but did you like what you saw from him in the starting lineup? Mosley's answer. Well, we're going to continue to change it up in certain ways at certain times based on how guys are in and out of lineups, as we've seen throughout the year. The great part about this group is that depending on the lineup or whatever lineup we put out there, guys are finding a way to have chemistry together and play for one another. I really like Jamal Mosley, and that's a perfect answer to give when you're really not answering um, a question. However, in defense of Mosley, his lineup changes almost every single night based on who's available. So it's not like, well, yeah, he started here, but he may not play there, and that's just the way it is. Now, as I was talking with Mike in the bridge, and we were talking about, as he brought up Dan Campbell and critics yesterday about going forward on fourth down versus kicking, and the analytics say this, and as I pointed out yesterday and reiterated today for Dan Campbell, Dan Campbell knew and knows about his kicker. Knew and knows that the last time he made a 40-yard field goal outside was last October. Um, Not very good, uh, you know, from 40 nine yards out. These would have been 46-48. Dan Campbell knows the numbers of uh, going forward on the opponent's side of the field on fourth down 20 uh, 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 20 out of 24 times going for it and converting it 17 times. And the assumption that a kicker who doesn't have great range is going to make a 46-48 and yard field goal outdoors with a win is ridiculous. People acting like these are 24-yard field goals. They were not. My point here is that we are in an analytics world, like it or not. And in sports, it is common. When you watch an NBA game and you see the bench, which is that thing hidden in the corner because everybody now sells those seats, um, 
when you see the bench and you know that there's at least one, and with some teams, two rows behind the bench of individuals that have iPads that have assignments. And it ranges from uh, someone's in charge of the shot chart, and they ain't putting, they're not inputting, they're just analyzing the data that comes out of that shot chart. Someone is in charge of everything from distance run uh, that has the data of maximum output ability, meaning if I put someone in a game, the data shows that they're good for about three and a half minutes of game time, and after that, their efficiency drops off. Uh, such and such player plays this position where they're jumping more, the wear and tear in the box. It's all part of the game right now. It doesn't mean a coach has to swear by everything, but someone's in charge of telling a coach, hey, let's get so-and-so out, and they know what that means. And I accept that that's now used in part of the game. And by the way, it should be part of the game because the data's gotten so specific and the sample size is massive that you'd be foolish to not pay attention to it. It doesn't mean that if a player's in what can be the zone, which is impossible to truly define, that the data says pull him out because he's played 40 seconds too long, and the coach says he's hit his last four threes, and I like where we're at right now. I say that in reference to Jonathan Isaac and Markel Fultz and the official disclaimer. Who doesn't appreciate Isaac's battle to get back out and play with all the injuries that he's been through? Hard stop. Of course you do. Um, this team is committed. To, uh, they picked up every option that he will get all of his money of this deal. And I understand when Jamal Mosley says we're thinking of the long game more than this moment right now. And Mike brought this up in his show. He's right. Every game matters now. Every game matters. And maybe the data says, for Jonathan Isaac, this is what you're going to get. You won't get him every game. And he may play 20 minutes one night, and then our data says he's good for eight the next night. And then he can't play, and then maybe he can give you 17 minutes and then he may not be able to play, and then he's going to give us 12 minutes. If that's what Jonathan Isaac is, then I say this as a fan of his battle back, he can't play in the NBA. You can't have a player on your roster that that's what they give you. And if you're saying, well, but they're saving him, what proof do you have that they're saving him? Meaning, you may be right, but I may be right in saying, no, this is it. This is what you're getting out of him. That the injury after injury after injury has worn the body down that this is what you get. And if that's the case, how can he play in the NBA? And then for Markel Fultz, again, I I screamed last year how good he was the last third of the season. And... I said this, if you could tell me that's what you're going to get at point guard, I'd sign up for that for four more years and whatever the market is, which probably is north of $100 million for that. But here's the problem. 
You're not getting that. After missing all those games, being out from Halloween all the way until January 5th, with the exception of playing in one game, which he played 28 minutes on November 9th, since he's come back, he's played 15, 13, 17, inactive, 23, 30, 22, 29, inactive, 21, 27 and a half, and inactive. How can I commit to that beyond this year? How, how can you how could you give a new contract to that? Now, can I change my opinion if the Magic play game 48 games 48 through 82? Okay? And of those 35 games, uh, he plays in 33 of them. And he's averaging at the end of the season starter minutes and producing like you had at the end of last season. I'd still be hesitant, but I'd feel more comfortable. But if it ends up being like this, where it's three games, game off, Three games and two of the three, it's 15, 20 minutes. How, how can anybody commit to that beyond this season? And then there's the ripple effect of both the season and the building of the team. On the season is, and I know the back end of the schedule is easier, but the Magic are a game above 500. Instead of being in sixth or above, you're now sitting in that eighth range and you got teams behind you breathing down your neck and... The difference of home or on the road for playing, and every game matters. And you might end up being ninth because of one, two games. Likely that'll be the difference. And the, uh, can you pinpoint, say, hey, the Dallas game is why they're not playing at home? The play? You'll be able to pinpoint to a number of games. And then the bigger picture is what are you going to do a point guard for the future? Well, they drafted Anthony Black. Okay, had a nice offensive game last night, and I'm willing to tell you the sample size for rookie is not big enough to conclude yay or nay. Jalen Suggs, there seems to be a hesitancy about committing to him as uh, uh, the point guard. Cold Anthony seems to be one, the magic like off the bench. So there's a ripple effect there. So, again, I applaud guys that say, I'm going to keep on grinding to get back out there and fight through the injuries. No one argues that, but... If you can't be reliable, and then and I get it because I'm sure Jamal Mosley's being told this is what the data says. And for us right now, um, you know, Markel uh, played two games in three nights. He played a total of forty-eight and a half minutes, uh, almost forty-nine minutes. And now it's probably best we don't play him, or maybe he got soreness. And okay, I get it. Hey, we're going to trust what the data says. And for Jonathan Isaac, we're going to trust what the data says and what the body's telling us. I get it, but that's not reliable. That doesn't help the basketball team. That's that's separating last night's game to what now, and for Gary Harris, I, I, I don't even know. But, but all three of those guys have projected roles before the season. I'm not saying the Magic ever envisioned Isaac coming back and playing 30, 32 minutes a game. But 
probably envision that he'd be the nice big guy off the bench to give you quality minutes that you're not getting. Fultz, you hoped you got the guy from the end of the season last year, Gary Harris, to be healthy to improve the team's outside shooting. And you're not there. You're not playing, can't help the basketball team. When we come back, a couple things on Florida State. They have amended their complaint against the ACC, and they took the gloves off on somebody and have absolutely gone blowtorched on someone and are the Seminoles about to get a partner in their plan to exit the ACC. Those two nuggets next. 